my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. The sun is out. Looks beautiful. Well, this month being March, I am focusing on what I like to call the breakup series. February was all about love. March is all going to be about couples breaking up. And, of course, the two couples that I chose to focus on for the two episodes this month are Danny and Vicky and DJ and Steve. So today I'm going to be focusing, first off, on Danny and Vicky in Season 7, Episode 13's the Perfect Couple. This aired December 14th, 1993. Wow, this actually was the only episode for December in, 19, <clears throat> in 1993. And I remember this episode because at the end, when Danny's sad and, and the girls comfort him, they do have a Christmas tree up and Christmas decorations. Wow, that, yeah, that is, yeah, there's a gap between Support Your Local Parents, episode 12, which came out November 30th, then The Perfect Couple, December 14th, and then Is It True About Stephanie came out January 4th, so. All right, so The Perfect Couple aired on December, like I said, December 14th, 1993, so it was like 11 days Less than two weeks before Christmas 1993. In this episode, Joey has been hired as the host for a test run of a new game show called The Perfect Couple. And it's kind of interesting because there is a throwback to this in season five. Which actually does have a, a happy ending in the season five episode. But anyway. The new game show, The Perfect Couple, which tests couples at different stages in their relationships to see how well they know each other. DJ and Steve are the dating couple. DJ and Vicky are the engaged couple. And Jesse and Rebecca are the married couple. But as it turns out, the game starts to bring out the worst in all three relationships. This episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 based on 167 ratings. We do have some guest stars. We got Mary Gillis as Estelle playing Joey's, I guess if you want to refer to the guy as Joey's boss, and Estelle is Joey's boss's assistant. She actually ends up, spoiler alert, filling in as Vic Vicky's replacement because Vicky is being caught up 
in a meeting, which leads her to miss the game show. And we have Bruce Jarko. Is that how you say his name? Jarko? Uh, is the TV producer. This episode was directed by John Tracy. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator. <laughs> Jeff C- Franklin, the creator. Dennis Rinsler and Mark Warren. Let's see. Do we got any trivia? This is the final episode in which Vicky is featured in. Gail Edwards, who played Vicki Larson, retired from show business after this episode. She was a regular on Full House and Blossom up to that point. Since then, she did a one-show appearance on Touched by an Angel and reprised her role as Vicki Larson in one episode of Fuller House in 2017. So, at this point, this person did not know that Vicki would once again for a hot minute reprise her role as Vicki Larson in the series finale episode of Fuller House. So, oh, we got a goof here. Before Michelle handed Alex his pajamas, he was on the left, and when she handed them to him, he was on the right. Uh, Well, (laughs) blocking, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) All right, word of note before I um, read the user reviews. I am no longer reading Power Mandan's reviews anymore. If you listen to my last review of... Fuller House, Season 3, Episode 6, My Ramona. There was a review by Power Mandan, a word that he used that I found very offensive and insulting. So going forward, I'm not going to be reading their reviews anymore. But we do have a review from Taylor Kingston. Gives us a 9 out of 10. Titles it The One with the Game Show. This episode, this review was put on IMDb October 19th, 2015. Warning, spoilers. I absolutely love this episode. I love game shows like the one incorporated into this episode. So, of course, I'm going to love it. In this episode, Joey gets hired as a host for a test run of a new game show called The Perfect Couple. The show tests couples who are at different stages of their relationships, meaning dating, engaged, married, etc., to see how well they know each other. So Joey gets everyone to pitch in. DJ and Steve are the dating couple, Danny and Vicky are the engaged couple, and Becky and Jesse are the married couple. Vicky ends up not making it on time, and Danny has to be paired with a random woman. Things don't go very well when it turns out that some couples don't know each other as well as they thought, and surprisingly, Danny's random partner gets a lot of answers right, a suspicious amount of answers. The night ends with Danny and Vicky canceling their engagement and breaking up. This didn't bother me a lot, since I didn't really like Vicky that much. Well, you know, each their own. Last appearance of Vicky. Best part of the episode, the game show scenes. Overall, I give this book episode a 9 out of 10, which in my ratings book is amazing. Yes, I remember when I first mentioned I was going to cover this episode, I I remember when I when this episode aired, I was 11, I would have seen the promo, so I, I had it, you know, the week before, so I would have known what was coming. And I just remember just tearing up and just crying. It's like, I 
I like Danny and Vicky together. They were such a great couple in my mind, even at 11 years old. And just to see them, because I had been following Full House since, you know, season two. I honestly cannot remember how old I was when I, when I first started watching it, if I was, I mean, it came out in 87. I would have been five, so I don't know if I was watching it. Then at that time, not sure. I just remember this episode having an emotional effect on me. Of course, I always like to read the DVD case description of the episode. Joey hosts a dating game show that proves the perfect couple is Danny and... You won't believe who. Okay, I thought that was creative. I liked that. Alright, before I officially get into the episode itself, I'd like to let the Tanner newbies who've just started listening to the podcast, I want to welcome you aboard the Tanner train. Welcome, welcome. And just explain how things I do things here. I don't go in order of episodes season by season. I pick out random episodes and I cover them. I was covering four a month. Now I am working my way to just covering two a month, just kind of juggling things. To work out with the other podcast shows that I also cover. Also, where you can find the podcast on social media, it does have its own Facebook page. You can type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The All My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Also, if you have memories about Full House that you would like to share and be heard on the podcast, you can send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. It doesn't just have to be memories. It could be how the show, you know, affected you or what character you really like to most, your favorite characters, your not-so-favorite characters, your favorite episodes, your not-so-favorite episodes, your top ten best episodes, top ten worst episodes. There's a few in season eight that I'm just like, whoo! Okay. <laughs> yes, they were racing to the finish line towards the end of that show. And just some of those. A couple I can think of. Leap of Faith. DJ's Choice. Up on the Roof. Air Jesse. Oh my goodness gracious sake. But my goal is to do every single episode of Full House. Now, Fuller House is a different story. Well, I love Full House, there are some episodes I could kind of take or leave. Another thing about this podcast, for you, t- you Tanner newbies, that you may not know, is that this is a clean Full House podcast. You can listen to it with your kids around, or if you don't have kids, you can listen to it on your speaker. You don't got to worry about turning down the volume if, you know, an F-bomb is dropped, because I don't do those on this podcast. I wanted to be an alternative to other Full House podcasts that speak freely and openly. There's nothing wrong with the other Full House podcasts. There are a couple that I have listened to over the years and thoroughly enjoyed. But I just, I like that this is a family show and I really want to be able to, you know, have you know, if, I, if there's a younger audience out there, I like to be able to give them the opportunity to hear a podcast that isn't filled with, you know, inappropriate jokes, crude behavior, 
bad language, stuff like that. So, and lastly, if you've been listening for a bit, or like I said, if you're a newbie and you want to support the podcast, I don't do Patreon. The only thing I ask is a moment of your time. If you can go on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, leave a review for the podcast. Every five-star review that the podcast gets helps it get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Now, I'm going to say I'm not the only full, I'm not the only Fuller House podcast out there. There is another one called Fullest House. Again, that one is more for um, age-appropriate audience. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into The Perfect Couple. You, I'm going to warn you right now, you're probably going to want to have your tissues handy towards the end because, oh my goodness, is it going to get sad. Let's look at the cold open first. Oh, I've not seen this. The cold open with, oh, there's a Christmas. So we do get a little bit of Christmas. I love this since this is the only episode in the month of December for this season. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. So Jesse's sitting on the couch and Nikki and Alex are on either side of the coffee table, and Jesse's picked up the boys' gifts that they made for Becky. He's like, oh, your mother's gonna look. And it almost seems like he's saying it sarcastically. Like, come on, Jesse. They're little kids. Don't shame their artwork. Yeah, your mother's gonna love your woodblock macaroni paperweights that you gave her. At first, looking at it, I thought it was, like, wrapped up fruit, like, square fruitcake, which I've never had before, and I don't know if I would... It just doesn't look appealing. I mean, to those of you that love it out there, if you want to email me and tell me what it tastes like, because <laughs> it looks like, to me, fruitcake looks like a brown sponge with red and green little jelly bitlets in it. So he hands the boys wrapping paper to wrap their own gifts, which they are... I'm going to say what the the boys are, what, maybe three at this point? And maybe wrapping, I mean, because he is there, he can assist them if need be, but maybe wrapping might be a little too skilled for them. But no, they're handling it quite well. The twin in the white shirt has got the wrapping paper facing inward. So basically he's just wrapping, like, all you're seeing on the outside is the inside of the wrapping paper, the white part, which, oh, I, I like those. Those are so cute. There's a little snowman on that one. And then on the other twins, there's a little Christmas tree. It's so cute. Jesse's kind of instructing them like, yep, you put the bow on and then bada bang, you're good to go. And the twin in the green shirt it holds up his gift and says, bada bing. <laughs> the, the one in the twin in the white shirt's like, bada and sometimes I gotta kind of wonder if Jesse or uh, if John Stamos is kind of like ad-libbing with the twins a little bit because they are young to really give them like line lines. And Jesse's like, oh, he takes the gifts from the boys and says, oh, these are nice. And I love how the twin in the white shirt says, I made that. <laughs> Jesse's like, yes, I know. He has that casual raw run over look 
Yeah, he's commentating on the quality of their gifts, and the, 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 those words are just rolling over those kids' heads like they don't get it. <laughs> well, they each take one of those gift wrap bows and put it on top of Jesse's head. Aw. In the background of this shot, we do see from the season six Come Fly With Me episode that, oh, oh, even, um, the other episode with Grand Gift Auto, that little drum set with the little purple zigzag on the front of the main drum, we see that pushed up against in the alcove, and we also see that little uh, chalkboard thing with the letters around it, which will come up in season eight when Jesse decides to homeschool the boy, teach the boys himself. The boys say, man, we Christmas. And Jesse just smirks like, oh, my kid. He can't help but smirk and smile at that. He's like, aw, my boys. The boys are putting, <laughs> they each put a gift wrapping bow on top of their head. Oh, that's so adorable. Wait, mommy's gonna love your, uh, your, your woodblock macaroni Christmas, uh, paperweights you made her. <laughs> mommy's really gonna love them because you guys are gonna wrap them yourself, okay? Here's a little wrapping paper for you, son. Wrapping paper for you. Okay, ready, gentlemen? Let's wrap. So, so, you guys need tape? Here's a little tape for you. There we go. And put the bow on. And bada bing. Papi, me. Oh, yeah, these are nice. I made that. Yes, I know. It's so nice. It's, it has that casual, raw, run over look. <laughs> but they're putting bows on and saying, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> he can't help but smile. Oh. Alright, so we come out of the intro and we are in the living room. It's decked out for Christmas. There's a Christmas tree. There's garland and red bows wrapped around the banister of the stairs there's red poinsettias just outside the open front door danny and vicky are kissing goodbye she's got her luggage looks like she's going back to chicago one thing that really irritated me ever since i've been watching this you know on repeats on like hulu or the dvds or whatever is vicky's hair it's been fine all the way since she came on in season five and then in season six. But what is going on? I know that Lori Laughlin colored her hair a bit like it was a nice honey brown. Then in season six, it went to red. Then in season seven, it went to a dark brown bordering on black. But with Vicky's hair, it's always been a nice reddish color right nice bright you know reddish here i don't know whether it's a perm but her hair is like dark brown bordering on 
but it's just it's not i don't like it it's just i don't i've never liked it. i was like this is the this is the ultimate episode where vicky and danny break up and this is like this is what you're going to remember her until we get her appearance in fuller house I just, I've never been crazy about the hair. It's just, it's so una, unappealing. It's just, mm. why, why make that change on the very last episode you're ever going to do of Full House? I don't know. Now, as far as Danny and Vicky's relationship at this point, he goes out to see her in Chicago. She comes out to see him in San Francisco. So they're seeing each other maybe a couple times, a couple weekends a month. And if you add those weekends together, it's like four times a month. If if she stays, you know, Saturday and Sunday, like Friday, she flies in, stays whole day. Oh gosh, if she leaves Sunday, that that's really only like a day and a half, if that. That's not a lot of time. And I understand where, at one point before they made the arrangement. That Danny was thinking that maybe they should kind of break things off because he's like, I can't keep living, you know, with her in Chicago and me here and just seeing each other a couple times a month. I mean, I know that long distance, I don't know personally, but as far as, you know, movies, shows, and other people talking about long distance relationships are very tricky, but... You, if the relationship is that important to you and you are willing to make it work, you'll make it work. That's just how it goes. And they've done that, honestly. Because she moved to Chicago, I thought it was towards the middle end of season five. So... Danny does not want to let her go. He keeps kissing her. One more kiss. One more kiss. And she's like, Danny, I really got to go. I'm going to miss my flight to London. Because she's interviewing Prince Charles. And Danny, Danny says, well, well, why don't you interview me? I'm from a royal family. And, and she looked at him kind of skeptically like, really, Danny, you're from a royal family. And Danny's like, yeah, it's true. My uncle Leo, he was the muffler king of San Jose. Okay. Uh, She's like, all right, I really got to go. I'll see you next weekend. And she makes a sad little puppy dog eyes with the bottom lip sticking out. And then she leaves. And Danny is just standing in the doorway looking longingly at her. Like, uh. Now, at this point in the show, in season seven, they are engaged. Danny proposed to Vicky during the season six season finale when they were in Disney World. You know, with the fireworks display, it was beautiful. Oh, that was such an exciting moment. So Joey's coming down the stairs. Danny, I really have to go. Last kiss. Mm. One more like last kiss. <laughs> I really can't miss my plane to London. I have that exclusive interview with Prince Charles. Oh, why don't you interview me? I'm from a royal family. Oh, it's true. My Uncle Leo, he was the muffler king of San Jose. <laughs> Really gotta go. I will uh, see you next weekend. Gosh, I don't like her hair. 
Yeah, I was just noticing it a second time around. I'm not a fan of <laughs> Vicky's dress. I'm. You guys, if you've listened to the podcast enough, you know my feelings on chokers. I don't like them. They're just, ugh. So, Joey comes down. He's like, oh, hey, Vicky left, huh? And Danny's like, yeah, she did. And then he, Danny shuts the front door and tells Joey, you know, it's killing me. I can't keep living like this visit to visit. You know, it's time to finally settle down and start our lives together. <laughs> He's staring at Joey when he says this. And Joey, of course, is like, well, thanks for the offer, Danny, but I'd really like to explore other options. So Danny tells Joey, he's like, I'm serious. Look, Vicky and I, we've been engaged for six months already. Is there really a set date from the time that you get engaged? There's, is there really a time limit as to when you're supposed to get married? I mean, I'd say, gosh, Jeremy and I were engaged December 23rd? maybe, of uh, 2006. Then we would have gotten married in July of 2007. So that's roughly about seven months. Which isn't bad, but my whole thing with, you know, 2007, everybody who was anybody who was getting married in the summer had chosen July 7th of 07. So of course I'm like, oh, let's do that! And then, of course, the person who was going to marry us is like, well, we, I am already officiating a wedding on that day, so you'll have to choose another. I'm like, how about 714? 7 and 7 goes into 14, 20, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. is an even number. I love even numbers, so all right. <laughs> and the thing is, looking back on this now, as far as Danny getting engaged to Vicky... We just knew. It's like, in a way, if you look at it from an adult standpoint, I mean, as a kid, we're all like, yay, they're engaged, we're going to be married. But as an adult, if you really look at this and what that means for Vicky and what she is giving up as far as her career to move back to San Francisco and be a stepmom and all of that stuff, and just... I don't I honestly don't think that she really it's like when they have conversations you know with the punishing the the twins that episode and she's like well Danny if I'm gonna live here and cook for the family you know I need the experience and stuff like that if we're gonna be married and whatnot and it's just I my guess is really this this Vicky is a career woman. She really puts her all into her career. And I really honestly cannot see a woman like that just letting that go and then shifting into I mean it's not like she couldn't be working in San Francisco. But that is it's she's uh, a reporter. She's going all over. She, you know, in the Christmas episode, she was going to uh the North Pole or something to interview some, like, sled race or whatever, dog sled race or I don't know, it was, it was, Arctic I don't know, but I'm just, she's all over the place, and it's just I don't think at any point in her mind that she was gonna, that she was ever serious about settling down. If she didn't have this type of job, I could see it her doing that, settling down, but I just, I don't 
I don't feel it. Vicky just, she does not come off as that type of person that could, I don't know, maybe, you know, more than likely I could be wrong. I'm just kind of curious why the writers decided, because think about it, guys. They haven't even been engaged for an entire season. They've been engaged for, this is the 13th episode, so for over the course of uh, a, a few months for us TV viewers. So why? Because, of course, the engagement at Disney World and the fireworks makes for good TV. I get that, but... Why string it along just to, like, pull the rug out from... Because I wasn't expecting that. I mean, sure, we saw the previews before the episode aired. So we kind of knew what was coming. But it's just... Why go through the... I don't know. Like I said, it makes for good TV. And then they're going to rip the rug out from under you and, like, uh, tug at your yank on your heartstrings. You know, that kind of thing. So, Danny tells Joey, you know, I'm going to sit her down next weekend and we're going to finally set our wedding day. So, basically, it sounds like he's, I'm going to sit her down next weekend and I'm going to give her an ultimatum as in, no, Vicky, listen, we need to set this wedding day. You said yes when I proposed to you. So, we need to lock this down. Well, it's not like he's in Vegas like Jesse in season two where he's like, Becky, I want to know that you're mine. We're in Rena, Nevada. Rena, Nevada. Let's get married. He didn't go that route. Because Danny's not impetuous like Jesse is. In a way, it's almost like this could be a test for him. Like, hey, I'm going to sit her down next weekend. We're finally going to set our wedding date. So in a way, it's almost like he's testing her. If she kind of like backpedals, maybe he's like, okay, maybe this isn't the best thing for us right now. I mean, think about it. I mean, guys, you can't go from engagement back to dating, right? I guess you can, but it'd be kind of awkward. It'd be like if you propose to somebody that you've been with for a while and they say, no. How are you going back to dating after that? You're not. <laughs> the relationship is pretty much over. That would be too weird and too awkward. Unless... People out there where that's been done successfully. But it just, it just, ugh. I don't see how that could be done. How would you, how could you just avoid, like, oh yeah, I proposed and you said no, we went back to dating. No. So Joey hugs him and he's like, oh, I'm happy for you, buddy. And this is where Joey brings up, like, you know, you and Vicky, you two are the perfect couple, hence the title of the episode. He's trying to rope Danny and Vicky into this new game show that he's going to be hosting. Gosh, this just makes me think of Mr. Egghead and how that was just a disaster. I haven't gotten to that episode yet, but I will. <laughs> Which is funny, though, because Mr. Egghead ends up like it's partly about Joey B. Mr. Egghead and the Egghead show, but it's more, the episode seems to more focus on Stephanie with a broken nose and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, but Joey does say, well, you know, I'm going to be host of this new game show, The Perfect Couple. You know, DJ and Steve agreed to be the dating couple because at this point in the se uh, seventh season, DJ and Steve are still dating each other. And then he's like, oh, that married couple, I'm sure I'll be able to snap them up somewhere. Of course, Jesse and Becky 
the dating couple. You know what that kind of that, uh, makes me think of that show, The Newlywed Game? Which is kind of funny because in Fuller House Season 5, there is kind of like a throwback to the perfect couple slash kind of newlywed game type thing. <laughs> At least the episode in Season 5 of Fuller House doesn't make me want to cry from my gut. And when Joey says, you know, you and Vicky really are the perfect couple, and Danny's like, yeah, I mean, we are. We got a lot in common. We're both right-handed. Hey, right-hander right here. I am, of course, married to a Southpaw, someone who uses their left hand. It always kind of made me curious, like, if if we had had a kid, would they be left-handed or right-handed? Danny says, you know, Vicky and I, we both have brown eyes. That's what I'm thinking. It's like her hair. She's getting her hair to match her eye color or something. I don't know. And that dress is just, mm. That dress, it just, it reminded me of that scratchy material that the Franciscan nuns would wear when I would go to my counseling sessions. And he says, oh, we both preferred Greg Brady before he had his hair permed. I gotta tell you, out of the two boys, Greg and Peter Brady, after the perm, Greg was fine. Peter, black curly lion's mane. It was atrocious. I, bleh. Peter, what do you do? I, I have um, the uh, Brady Bunch on DVD, the series, and I was, I still haven't completed watching it. But just watching Peter's hair just expand and then form a like mane around his head, and I'm just like, dude, no, why? So yeah, this is where Dan or uh, Joey drops the whole, you know, and I bet you and Vicky would be perfect contestants on this game show called The Perfect Couple that I'd be hosting, be you know, a TV host. And Danny's like, yeah, he's kind of like looking at Joey like he's trying to figure him out. Because Danny's like, eh, and I have a feeling we probably are, as in there's no way we're getting out of this apparently. You've already signed us up, haven't you, Joey? <laughs> and Joey's like, oh, thank you so much, Danny. You know, I knew I could count on you. There's still, there's one present under that tree that's in blue wrapping paper. And of course, in the background, you notice Michelle's, which later becomes a teaching tool for Nikki and Alex in season eight's Breaking Away. And also... Yeah, it's Michelle's uh, letter chalkboard, and then it's, or the little easel. And then also that little drum set from season six, episode one, and where toddler Nikki and Alex are playing on that. And also, what was the other one episode that had that in? Uh, Grand Gift Auto. That was another one where Nikki and Alex were playing on that thing. I don't understand why those things are on the set if they're not being used in the scene. Like, what's the point? You don't have a storage closet you can put those in? I don't know. Hey, Danny, Vicky left, huh? Yeah. Joey, it's killing me. I can't keep living from visit to visit like this. You know what, Joe? It's time to finally settle down and start our lives together. Well, thanks for the offer, Danny, but I'd really like to explore other options. 
I'm serious. Vicky and I, we've been engaged for six months already. You know what? I'm going to sit her down next weekend, and we're finally going to set our wedding date. Oh, I'm happy for you, pal. <laughs> you know, you two really are the perfect couple. Yeah, I guess we are. We have a lot in common. We're both right-handed. We both have brown eyes. We both prefer Greg Brady before he had his hair permed. <laughs> so I'll bet if a, if, a, if a TV station wanted to test out a new game show called The Perfect Couple with me as the host, that you two would be perfect contestants. Yeah, I guess we probably would. And I have a feeling we probably are. Thank you so much, Danny. I knew I could count on you. Uh, DJ and Steve agreed to be the dating couple, and I'm sure that married couple will be a snap to find them. All right, so in the next scene, we got Jesse and Becky in the kitchen. Jesse's complaining, like, I can't believe that ding-dong got us to be on his goofy game show. And <laughs> so they, they kind of want to test, Becky and Jesse kind of want to test each, each other to see just how well they know each other. And Jesse's all on this kick of, oh, Becky doesn't know him as well as she thinks he does. When it turns out she knows him so well because he's so, this word gets thrown around a lot, predictable. And what is wrong? I mean, like I said, in this part of the show, they've only been married for, let's see, this, four, about three years. About three years. Not to mention they've been dating for over two. So you put that together, they've known each other for five years. I mean, yeah, Jeremy and I have known, have been almost married for 14 years, and we've been together for... 17 years. That's a long time to know somebody. Granted, there are people out there that have been married for over 50 years and everything like that, and that's awesome. It's just, you spend so much time with a person, you feel like you, you get to know them and stuff, but it's always nice when they can surprise you with an anecdote from their childhood that, oh, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that you went there. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. I didn't know that you broke your toe in the third grade when you tried to stop your bike with your feet instead of the pedals. <laughs> no, that never happened to Jeremy. <laughs> Even the kitchen, I'm noticing, is decked out for Christmas. Okay, I'm looking at it here in Season 6, Episode 12 of Every Tanner Christmas. So, but no, this living living room, kitchen is even decorated. There's a red bow on the back door. There's a red tablecloth. There's a box with Christmas lights. So my guess is, is either they're putting Christmas, because the tree's already up and decorated. Are they just putting finishing touches on the house, or are they slowly taking stuff down? Because mind you, this is, this aired in December, so... But we don't, I don't think we get any mentions of, other than the cold open with Jesse and Nikki and Alex wrapping Christmas gifts. I don't know if anyone actually says the word Christmas. I don't know. So Becky's like, why? I mean, they're just going to ask him some, us some questions to see how well we know each other. Jesse's like, Becky, I'm a very complex person. Yeah, right. And he's like, there's a lot, many facets about me that you don't know. And I love how Becky just looks at him like, oh, really? Like what? 
And Jesse's like, all right, here, here's the questions. What, what if they ask what Jesse wants for Christmas? Okay, so, okay. Christmas hasn't happened yet. Oh, there's some red garland along the, um, the doorway into the laundry room. Okay. So, Becky's like, the Colonel Parker Pepper Mill to go with your Elvis Spice Rack. Pepper Mill? I don't know what that is. Isn't Pepper Mill the name of the horse that Michelle falls off of in the series finale like old pepper mill the rented she calls him the rented because uh that other girl like whether she buys and bought that horse or whatever and i'm just thinking michelle says oh this is old pepper mill the rented because she's renting him someone drew a beautiful picture that's on one of the cupboards of what looks like Willie from Free Willie, a beautiful orca whale. I that no kid in that house drew that picture, but it's gorgeous. There's also a picture of a ballerina to the left of the Willie whale, and then to the left of the ballerina picture, there is a tree and a bench next to it. Jesse's like, all right, okay, that was an easy one. So, okay, what if they ask, um, oh, what if they ask, what does Jesse eat when he sneaks down for his midnight snack? And Becky says, chicken. And Jesse gets up and goes over to the kitchen counter. He's like, you've been following me? And she's like, no. When you get back into bed and you smell like Colonel Sanders. This has been a running gag since season one. <laughs> and the How Rude Full House podcast did point this out many, 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 many times over the course of the eight seasons of the show that they covered. That Jesse is just always with the chicken, a bowl, a plate of chicken, just chicken, chicken, chicken. Now, if I had to choose my favorite chicken place, it would definitely be KFC. Extra cri Oh my god, oh my god. I'm just thinking about when um my sister Nicole and I were were hanging out. Um when uh you know before I moved down here and we were talking about, you know, KFC and we both at the same time because I said that Jeremy likes the original recipe. And Nicole and I both at the same time said extra crispy chicken. We both prefer my sister and I extra crispy chicken. <laughs> I honestly, I cherish those moments that I had with my sister before I moved down here because we really didn't have many of those where we could just sit and just talk and, and hang out and stuff. Like I remember I come over and um, she was watching the movie Urban Cowboy and I said I'd never seen it and she said that she and our mom, when she was young, had watched it. So, of course, when I saw Urban Cowboy on Blu-ray in the store, I, like, I picked it up because I was like, that was a movie you like say I watched with my sister. And it just it was just a nice moment. And I wanted to keep that moment and that memory close to my heart. So, so Jesse, he almost seems offended. Like, oh, you think you know me. You think you really know me. And Becky's like, sweetheart, you are totally predictable. She, she's the one. That kicks off this predictable train. And Jesse just can't let it go. Nothing wrong with being predictable that somebody knows you that well. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Because he is so floored by the fact you're saying I'm predictable. I can't. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe that. I'm predictable, really. And then he starts to walk away, and she's like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "Oh well, if I'm so predictable, why don't you tell me where I'm going?" And she says to go tune up your Harley. That's what you do whenever you're angry. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sit on it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, I think this is just kind of dumb. Just the fact that, just the fact that he's angry about this. Like, dude, your wife knows you. That's a good thing that you guys are so comfortable that you know each other that well. I'm surprised that Becky's like, oh, so I know so much about you. Let's see how much you know about me. Because it seems more like taking shots at Jesse, but it's like, well, how well does he know his wife? Because it seems like this episode focuses too much on the Becky thinks Jesse's predictable and she's proving that by her knowing so much about that ding-dong talked us into being contestants on that goofy game show. <laughs> yeah, well, we're stuck. You know what? I think we should practice. Why? Joey said they're just going to ask us some questions to see how well we know each other. Becky, I'm a very complex person. There are a lot of facets about me that, that, that you don't know. Really? Yes. Like what? Well, like, uh, well, like, what if they ask you this? What if they ask you, what does Jesse want for Christmas? The Colonel Parker pepper mill to go with your Elvis spice rack. Okay, that was an easy one. Uh, what if they ask, um, all right, what if they ask, uh, what does Jesse eat when he sneaks down for his midnight snack? Chicken. You been following me? <laughs> when you get back into bed, you smell like Colonel Sanders. So you think you know me. You think you really know everything about me. Sweetheart, you are totally predictable. Predictable? You're saying I'm, I can't believe you said that. I'm predictable. Why is he getting so angry Jess, about me? where are you going? Oh, if I'm so predictable, why don't you tell me? You know everything about me. Where am I going? Do what you always do when you're angry. Tune up your Harley. <laughs> I don't Wrong. like Becky's shirt either. Just, mm. Just gonna go and sit off it. So, all right, we head up to DJ's room where she's getting ready to be on the Perfect Couple game show. Kimmy's there. Steve comes in is like, hey, where's my perfect woman? And DJ gets up, goes over to him, and they kiss. Oh, I love them. I'm so happy that they, at least in Fuller House, got there happily ever after. I mean, it may have took like 25 plus years, but it happened. Right, Quinny? Yep. She's showing me, she, Quinn's showing me she's still alive over on the bed right now. With her tail wagging. <laughs> she loves this king-size bed. Yeah, we're currently <laughs> at a hotel right now that we're staying at least, well, for, I can imagine, most of March, maybe even April. Uh, due to the winter storm, the apartment next to us, their pipe burst. Water came in underneath our wall. And it just, it got in the kitchen, the dining room, the hallway, and the two bathrooms. So, yeah, stuff's got to be replaced. Cabinets, flooring, carpet in the master bedroom. Luckily, we were able to shove a queen-size bed, um, a sectional couch, an entertainment center, which is basically a long table, and just, you know, three TVs, and just, as much as we could cram in that 
second bedroom, which you all most likely know is my podcasting room. So, and then the rest of the stuff just went into a, into totes and into a storage lock, or storage, um, unit for the time being. So, fun, fun, fun. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> wow, this is, let me just say it's an adventure. I mean, if, you know, good comes out of this, then good, so. So if I sound different, hopefully I really don't. I'm actually sitting on the couch in the hotel room. I have a, a nice table that I can pull up to me, my microphone, because I'm not in a chair. I'm able to lower my microphone enough because I'm uh, sitting on this couch. So, um, yeah, just wanted to give you guys a quick little update while we're, while we're here so you know what's going on, because this episode is actually going to drop tomorrow and then I'll be covering you know March is the breakup series we have this episode is Danny and Vicky and then of course at the end of the month I'll be doing the Steve and DJ breakup and I didn't get to Comments excellent adventure for the in honor of Golden Retriever Day which was early February but I still plan to get to that at some point so and Kimmy is all like, you know what? You two are going to kick butt on Joey's game show tonight. It's kind of funny how Steve and DJ are the opposite of Jesse and Becky, where Becky thinks Jesse's predictable, knows so much about him. DJ realizes that she doesn't know too much, like the little things about Steve, as far as the fact that he shows her he can juggle because she's got a basket of laundry juggling her socks. And Kimmy's like, you two are better together than waffles and mustard. Ew, I don't know if that's something I would ever try. <laughs> and, th okay, this is where Steve starts revealing these little, they're little, little details about himself that DJ didn't know before, which the way that DJ reacts is just as ridiculous as the way that Jesse re reacts to Becky calling him predictable. Because Steve says, yeah, well, just in case, I'm wearing my lucky ring. And DJ's like, oh, you have a, lu you have a lucky ring? And Steve holds up his hand, revealing the ring. He's like, yeah, my uncle Artie gave it to me. And she's like, you have an uncle Artie? And Steve's like, yeah, he's the one who taught me how to juggle. And DJ's like, you juggle? No, wait, it's like, oh my gosh, these are just little facets about him. These aren't deep, dark secrets that he's just now revealing, my goodness. I mean, the thing is, if he didn't reveal them, you wouldn't even know. I mean, how often do you ever see Steve wearing a ring on his finger? You don't. How often in episodes do, is there ever a time for... Steve to reveal that he has an Uncle Artie who taught him how to juggle. There isn't. Just now notice this. When he shows DJ that he can juggle, he takes out three socks out of her laundry basket. One is blue, two are white. And what's funny about this, and the fact that I never knew this, really paid attention to this. His shirt is white, and his blazer is the similar blue of that sock. I have never really looked at that before. 
I love the audience reaction. Like, whoa, yeah, look at him go. Whenever somebody is performing something like that, they're just, it's cool. DJ just has this shocked look on her face. She's like, that's amazing. And Steve, who's still juggling the socks, is like, yeah, you should see me with canned hams. That seems like that would be painful. I mean, he if he's good enough with socks, I can see that he would be good enough with canned hams. Can you imagine dropping one of those on your foot? Ah! And she's like, no, what's inc- incredible is how little we know about each other. Okay, so up to this point, DJ started dating Steve in the first episode of season six. This is at least a season and a half later, because this is the 13th episode of season seven. Just the way that she's reacting, almost like she doesn't even know Steve. Like, who are you? No, she says, what's amazing is I never realized how little we know about each other. That stops Steve cold as he looks at her. Yeah, she's like, I mean, Steve, think about it. What's a relationship based on? And he looks at her just confused, like, DJ, what are you ta- We love each other. What? That should be all that matters. Of course, Kimmy's like, oh, well, you're cute. He's got a car. What's there to <laughs> be confused about? She's like, what's the problem? Yeah, he's like, we love each other. What else do we have to know? She's like, everything. I mean, who are you? She's. <sighs> I honestly think out of between Jesse and DJ, Jesse, of course, is acting the most irrational. Whereas DJ is just, she's young. She's also acting a little irrational as well in a way that is just, I don't know. I mean, after all these years, if Jeremy came out and said, like, oh, I know how to, um, I don't know. So if he had an ability that I didn't know about, that he kept disclosed. I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be floored. Like, I don't even know you anymore type of feeling. I mean, the way that she's reacting to Steve with all these little facets that she does is just learning about him. You'd think that he cheated on her. The way that she's reacting. I mean, this would be a great reaction if he revealed, like, he had been with, you know, another girl or something like this. This isn't the reaction you give your boyfriend or significant other if you've been dating for a year and a half. Or even six. I mean, my goodness. Granted, it'll make for funny game show TV coming up, but still. Hey, where's my perfect woman? Hey. How are you? Good. You know, you guys are going to kick butt on Joey's game show tonight. You two are better together than waffles and mustard. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, just in case, I'm wearing my lucky ring. You have a lucky ring? Yeah, see, uh, my Uncle Artie gave it to me. You have an Uncle Artie? <laughs> yeah, you know, of course I do. You know, he's the guy who uh, taught me how to juggle. You juggle? <laughs> yeah, here, look, here, check it out. Oh, yeah, you should see me with canned hams. What's amazing is I never realized how little we know about each other. I mean, Steve, think about it. What's our relationship based on? You're cute. He's got a car. What's the problem? Teach, we love each other. You know, what else do we have to know? 
I mean, who are you? <laughs> Another thing I just noticed after having seen this episode, probably not in a bit, but, you know, I've watched it repeatedly over the years. Um, when Steve first comes up, he and DJ, you know, she goes over to him, they kiss, and they break apart. Steve, or should I say Scott, who plays Steve, looks down at his feet, almost like he's trying to get his blocking right of how far apart he needs to be for the scene and everything. Because I see him looking down at the floor and kind of moving his feet back, almost like, okay, is this enough, you know, space, like getting on his mark or whatever. Um, another thing I totally forgot, the little itty bitty baby side plot with Stephanie babysitting Michelle. Well, actually, I guess Michelle and Stephanie are kind of babysitting Nikki and Alex. So this will make for fun times. <laughs> so Stephanie's just telling him, all right, tonight, well, actually, I guess she is babysitting Michelle and Nikki and Alex. But she's like, all right, tonight I'm not your sister. I'm not your cousin. I'm your babysitter. And it's time for the boys to go to bed, which, I don't know, do they go to bed at 7, 30, 8 o'clock? I don't know. So, she hands them, like, oh, here, you want to put on your pajamas? Yeah, she says, okay, I think you'll find me tough but fair. Do you, we understand each other. Steph, those kids are two years old. I don't really think you're going to get much out of them. Now, right away, either Nikki or Alex, I can't tell which one is in the blue, because one's in the blue and the overalls with the green and black plaid on the front, and then the other one is wearing red, a red hoodie underneath, overalls with red and black plaid. And the one in the blue says, I don't think so. So, <laughs> Michelle says, you want me to talk to them? And Stephanie, of course, says no. You know that Stephanie is probably waiting and waiting and waiting to be able to be old enough to watch the kids and to finally be in charge. She is no longer the babysit-e. She is the babysitter. So Steph, he says, no, I think I made myself perfectly clear. So we have red pajamas and blue pajamas. Really, I mean, being twins, they're on a color-coded system, which is good. Yeah, Stephanie's like, I'm sure I made myself clear. I'm in charge and you're not. Okay, Steph, it's not that hard. There's a set of blue pajamas and red pajamas. She, okay, so Alex is in the red. Stephanie takes the blue pajamas and says, Alex, you want to wear your pajamas? And he's like, forget it. And then it's like, okay. Um, Nikki, do you want to wear your red pajamas? And Nikki's like, I don't wear that. They're color-coded. One's in red, one's in blue. Simple. Red pajamas go to the red kid with the red hoodie. The blue pajamas go to the kid with the blue hoodie. Simple, simple, simple. And Michelle finally is like, let me handle this. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. No, um, Nikki starts zipping out the door and of course Alex follows him. I love how Stephanie calls Nikki Nicholas because you never hear them referred to as Nicholas or Alexander. It's always Nikki or Alex. 
do you think about it, Nicholas and Alexander, I mean, that's a mouthful for a kid. That is a long name. I love how Michelle's like, who's in charge now? Like, <laughs> Stephanie, you think you know everything. You don't. Stephanie just puts down the pajamas back on the bed and goes after Nikki. Nicholas, get back here. <laughs> I love how after Stephanie leaves <laughs> and Michelle looks at Alex and says, this is should be a fun night. <laughs> and he just giggles. Okay, kitties. Tonight, I'm not your sister. I'm not your cousin. I'm your babysitter. Now, I think you'll find me tough, but fair. Do we understand each other? I don't seek to. <laughs> Want me to talk to them? No, I think I've made myself perfectly clear. I'm in charge, and you're not. <laughs> okay, Alex, let's get your pajamas on. Forget it. <laughs> hey, Nikki, let's get your pajamas on. I don't wear that. Ooh, look at that they're wearing. Blue, blue, red, red. Who's in charge now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nicholas, get back here. This should be a fun night. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to the perfect couple game show. So this set of this game show looks very, very basic. <laughs> Simple setup here. We got a table that is set up with a landline telephone. Of course, it's like 1993. And a little TV monitor that has lavender and a pink heart in the middle. And the table's also got a little uh, table lamp there. There's also... It's like the whole set is just decked out. No, not lavender. Lilac. From the floor. And it's got like a purplish-bluish heart on the floor. And then it's just got like this... For each section of the perfect couple, because you got the dating couple, the engaged couple, and the married couple. And I like that Fuller House and their newlywed game episode kind of replicated this. It's like a, the white like lattice work that you would see like on a, a trellis. It's kind of got that uh, background. So, of course, each couple comes out having their own share of problems. We got Steve and DJ coming out. And Steve's like, come on, Deej, how can you say we don't know each other? He tells DJ, come on, Deej, I told you my deepest, darkest secret. And DJ's like, Steve, a lot of guys watch Oprah. And he's like, shh. I think it's going to be a tie for worst outfit of the episode with Becky and... Vicky because the dress that Becky is wearing is just gaudy she asked Jesse sweetheart do you want a glass of water and Jesse's like no thank you and she says oh I know how you get you know your mouth gets dry and everything she says you know I know how dry your throat gets when you get a little nervous Jesse just kind of chalks that up to another example of him being predictable in Becky's eyes. And Jesse's like, you know that I'm you're so I'm so predictable. You know that my throat 
that my throat gets water can i get water who is he talking to like production assistants like walking the floor of this set so we go over what i guess is supposed to be the refreshment table it's one of those yellow coolers that's got the little white little push button at the bottom that you know you can get your your water, your tea, your Kool-Aid, your whatever you put in that thing. It looks empty because Danny is pulling the top off of it and looking like, is there even anything in there? Because there's a bunch of water cups or paper cups or styrofoam cups right next to it. I mean, the therm that cooler thing looks like something you would see at like a kid's softball game set up on a refreshment table back in the 90s this guy this director of this perfect couple show he yeah his name is buddy star oh he's a producer okay producer of the perfect couple this guy just look at his greased back hair slicked back hair smarmy smile he looks like a slime ball apparently vicky called the set to say she wouldn't be able to make it in time or she's running late so this buddy star producer is like oh well my assistant estelle is gonna fill in i'd be like no that's not gonna work that is just it's just it's it's not gonna work because they're supposed to be the engaged couple he doesn't even know that woman Danny goes to shake the guy's hand, and the guy's like, uh, no. So anyway, your fiancé Vicky called. She's running late. Here's your new fiancé, my assistant Estelle. And Buddy Star walks off, and Estelle just looks at Danny like, and I won't get you coffee, neither. This lady has been in stuff. I'm going to look her up. Mary Gillis plays Estelle, yes. she. Oh my goodness, she's still alive. She was born in 41. Good for her. She's been, this is one of those actresses where she has been in so many things that you would not, you would have seen at least something to say. That's the way that you look at and you're like, I know her from something. So let's, oh, she was, wow. She was in like three ep different episodes of Mr. Belvedere, three, four, and six. I have not seen any of those episodes. Um. Mrs. Craw, Kurt. Oh, oh, that's right. The um, the Wonder Years. The um, Kevin's got to get a Kevin Field. Um, Golden. Go she was in a lot of sitcoms, like one episode type of thing. Oh, she played Judge Number Two and Married with Children. Freddy's Nightmares. There was a show about that. Weird. Uh, Wonder Years. Let's see what else we got. Full House. She played Estelle. Party of Five. Um, let's see. Sabrina. She was the witch judge in three different episodes. <gasps> That's who she was. Okay, yes. Dropped It Gorgeous from 1998. Yes, okay. Cloris Klingon. Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, whoa, this lady. Uh, every, she looks like she, okay. Sister Beth and Everybody Loves Raymond. She played a, uh. I'm guessing a nun, Sister Beth. Uh, let's see. Yeah, definitely doing the work. 
Oh, she was in Fun with Dick and Jane. Oh, yeah, that's that movie with Jim Carrey and Tia Leone. I met your mother. Oh, she was in... Oh, yeah! Mrs. Hagberg. From 2000... Season 2. And then, like, four episodes in Season 3 of Glee. She was also Mrs. Hagberg in the Glee Project. Let's see. I think that's pretty much... Uh, she was most recently in an episode of Shameless. Okay. I stopped watching Shameless after season four. I was like, okay, I'm kind of over that. It ran its course with me. It was interesting at first. And I'm just like, you know, not so much anymore. Is Buddy Star flirting with that assistant? She's got like a blonde bob and like a shoulderless shirt. The buddy Star is like, all right, because we got Steve and DJ have sat down in their little area that says dating couple. We got Danny and Estelle sitting down at the little booth it says engaged couple. And then Jesse and Becky with, you know, sitting down at the married couple booth. I'm just calling it like a, a booth, a little corral, if you will. And Buddy Star's like, all right, now, we're having fun, we're in love, we're on TV. Everybody on the set, please. Come on, DJ. I mean, how can you say we don't know each other? I, I told you my deepest, darkest secret. Steve, a lot of guys watch Oprah. <laughs> Sweetheart, do you want a glass of water? No, thank you. Are you sure? Because yes. I know how dry your throat gets when you get a little nervous. Oh, that's right. I, I'm, so, I'm so predictable, right? You know that my throat... My throat... <laughs> Water, please. <laughs> Danny, Danny Tanner, and Buddy Star, producer of The Perfect Couple. Pleasure. Yeah. Listen, um, your fiance, Vicky, called, said she'd be a little late. Really? I want you to meet your uh, new fiance. It's my assistant, Estelle. And I won't get you coffee either. <laughs> All right, is everybody ready? Okay, now we're, uh, we're having fun. We're in love. We're on TV. <laughs> so Joey comes in dressed in a black tux. The lapels are lined in red. He's got a red corsage, boutonniere type of thing on his suit jacket. He's got a red bow tie, white shirt. And of course, I love his sparkly red vest. It's like got little tiny sequins on it that makes it really pop and shine. Also, Joey is wearing the most hideous, gross wig I have ever seen in my life. It's a, you can definitely tell it's a wig. And he goes by Joe Stone. They took out the glad part. Like, you're Joe Stone now. And you can definitely tell that he's got fake TV show teeth too. Like they put like a fake top teeth at least. He's just really hammy with this theme song. The perfect couple, the perfect couple. Like, Because uh, we know that's what the show is called. I like how when Joey introduces himself as the host of The Perfect Couple, Joe Stone, we cut over to Becky and Jesse. And Jesse's just got this look on his face like Ugh. And Becky says, she mouths like, Joe Stone? Like, what? I'm just like, yeah, if you take the Glad out of Gladstone, it's Joe Stone. See, I'm realizing things 
that I, I just I either never paid attention to or never thought of in my previous viewings of this episode. <laughs> right, Quinny? She don't care. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. So Joey tells the... First of all, this episode is not being aired for television. It's just a practice shoot. My guess is uh, they find... Well, I don't want to spoil it. Um, <laughs> but when he says, see which one of these guys is the perfect couple, we go over to the dating couple and Steve is just exhaling. <sighs> oh boy. And DJ just looks miserable. We go over to the married couple, Jesse and Becky, and Becky is just grinning ear to ear. She's so excited and looking at her husband lovingly, and Jesse just feels like he looks like he's sitting in a chair that is extremely uncomfortable because he keeps kind of shuffling around trying to get comfortable. And of course, we go to the engaged couple, Danny and the assistant, Estelle, and Danny looks He's got a constipated look on his face, like, I don't know about this. Why did I sign up for this, Joey? And um, Estelle just has, uh, you know, a, a smile on her face. She probably has her do that whenever somebody, you know, like, can't come in for, you know, a game show. Like, oh, we're missing, like, half of, you know, my significant other's not here. Like, here, well, here's my assistant. She'll fill in for you or something. So it makes it a thousand times awkward. I love how Danny turns away and he's got his chin kind of in his hand like, <sighs> Vicky, why? Why'd you do this to me, Vicky? I can understand why, I mean, is this like something that happened the following week? Because if it's not, he can't be sure that Vicky would be able to have the time off to go and do this game show. Did he call her up and like, hey, Vicky, um, I promised Joey we do a, a favor for him. He's going to host this new game show called The Perfect Couple. I thought it would be great for us to go on it. And she's probably like, Danny, I, I am so swamped with work right now. I can't get away. I can't promise anything. I'll try to be there. Fun. We're in love. We're on TV. <laughs> Hear the music. This guy is such a slime ball. Here they are. See <laughs> Hi folks, welcome to our show. I'm your host, Joe Stone. Jim Carrey. Tonight, folks, we're going to find out which one of these dynamic <laughs> duos is the perfect couple. He really looks like he's trying to do a Jim Carrey look like he's miserable. I think Like for television. So, of course, they had the guys leave so they could ask the girls questions and stuff about the guys. And the guys come in, you know, Steve and Danny and Jesse. <laughs> when Jesse and Dan well, Danny comes out first, and then Steve comes out, you know, back in on to the game show floor. And then Jesse comes out and he is literally sneering in Joey's direction. 
I gotta get you later, Joey. <laughs> yeah, Joe uh, says we're gonna we ask the lady some questions to find out just how much they know about you. And I'm with Danny as he points to a stone. like, what could she possibly know about me? And she says, well, I know you're a whiner. <laughs> well, I mean, I can say Estelle's not wrong. <laughs> Danny is kind of a whiner. <laughs> all right. So Joey's going to start with the dating couple. So I was like, all right, well, Steve, we asked DJ. And DJ just throws up hand like, why bother? She's like, I thought we knew each other, but we're like strangers. Oh, for heaven's sake, Deej. Seriously? Like, they're going to break up in six episodes, and this is how you want to play this out? Really? Mind you, they've only been dating for, what, about a, a year? Well, wait a minute. Okay, let's go back to Birthday Blues, which is episode 14 of season six. DJ and Steve are celebrating six months at that point. So are we to believe that, because this is season 7, episode 13, are we to believe that they're already, they've been together for a year already? I don't know. I just, I don't know. Maybe they haven't been together for a year. But, um, <clears throat> just, it's, it's ridiculous how she's reacting to this. I mean, if Jeremy said he knew how to juggle or he had like a special, um, something that a relative gave him. And he just now told me. I'm not going to be like, well, gee, I don't really know you. Why are you just now telling me this? I don't think I'd go that route. I mean, that would have to be a pretty serious act. If I were to say, why are you just now telling me this? It would have to be something very, very uh, problematic. But now I'd be like, oh, that's cool. You know how to juggle? That's great. Wow, can you teach me how? I would have, if I were DJ and I were Danny Steve, okay? I'd be like, oh, you know how to juggle? Can you teach me how to juggle? Actually, now that I think about it, remember the um, greatest birthday show on earth? Where Jesse and Michelle and Steph all get locked in that garage? That, um, so... I was just thinking of when Stephanie was going to be, you know, learn how to juggle as a, you know, circus act and stuff. But anyway, I'm like, no. I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. You can juggle. Can you teach me how to? I would be like, oh my gosh, we don't even know each other. You're like a stranger to me. That is, but you're, as teenagers, teenagers, teenagers are very, they're high maintenance. They everything is like it's the end of the world. That's just how teenagers operate. And Steve is getting fed up. It's like, what? How can you say that? DJ, this is really starting to get on my nerves. I if I were Steve, I would be saying the exact same thing. Like, you're starting to get on my nerves. And DJ said, What I'm starting to get on your nerves? And they start fighting and here. Joey's like, oh, come on, you two, don't fight. You're such a sweet couple. And then the director or producer's like, cut. And he's like, hey, Stone, bring those rented teeth over here. Okay, I don't ever want to hear you say the words sweet couple again. The goal is to get these t the couples to fight, yell, want to tear each other's hair out, that kind of thing. Ugh. He also says, oh yeah, it's also to, the point of the show is to embarrass them. He says, the idea of this game is to embarrass people, to get them to butt heads. This guy is a, he is a piece of garbage human being. He is. 
I'm not going to speak for all game show hosts because I don't know them personally. I don't, I don't, I don't know their whatever. But this guy is a garbage human being. Like, oh, it's all about embarrassing people and having a butt head. Like, but those teeth, those rented teeth, Joey's just giving me such fire marshal bill jim carrey and living color vibes i don't know why but he just is the squinty eyes and the wide smile so joey goes back over like all right let's get back to dj and steve who are about to rip each other's heads off and dj just kind of gives him a look like can we just get back to the game please okay I gotta ask you guys, does this sound like a dumb question? So Joey asked Steve, we asked DJ what, what fish you think she kisses like. I don't think of fish and kissing. I don't want to be... I, I, I can't put two and two together. I don't know different types of fish either. So Steve's like, fish? Because he can't even believe the question. Uh, I don't know. What? Uh, flounder? Okay, when I hear flounder, I immediately think of the little mermaid. But when he's, okay, I gotta look up what a flounder looks like. I am just thinking it's gonna be this hideous fish with these giant lips and flounder. Let's see here. Show me a picture of a... Oh, there's Little Flounder from The Little Mermaid. Oh, my God. Yeah, that... Mm, oh, there's another one of Flounder from The Little... Ew. Yeah. Just... Mm. I, I'll just think of Flounder from... Well, actually, now that I think about that, Flounder was a kid. That's just weird. Um, <laughs> and DJ's like, Oh, Flounder? And... Joey says, ouch, that is one big, ugly bottom feeder. So Joey's like, all right, let's see what DJ said. And DJ's like, well, I hope he, Steve would say I kiss like an angelfish. Okay, what's an angelfish look like? Are those even a thing? Let me check here. A-N-G-E-L fish. An image of an angelfish. Let's see. Oh, those are, those are kind of cute. I like the stripes. Yeah, those are, mm, I don't know about the lips, though. I don't think a fish lips are just, bleh, no thank you. Not that I want to go out and kiss a fish on the lips, but, uh, yeah. But I, I like the stripes. I'll give the angelfish that. And I love Steve. Where he's like, oh, tropical fish are allowed? <laughs> He's like, oh, obviously it's angelfish. I mean, you think I wouldn't? I mean, and he's trying to like fix the the situation here. And she, after he says, oh, tropical fish are allowed, she kind of kind of looks at him like, oh, boy. Um, huh. He's like, you see, I kiss like a flounder, and Joey's like, ooh, looks like this relationship is floundering. Okay, let's bring back the guys. Guys, while you were gone, we asked the gals some questions to find out just how much they know about you. What could she possibly know about me? I know you're a whiner. 
Okay, let's start with our dating couple. Steve, we as DJ. Why bother? I thought we knew each other, but we're like complete strangers. What? How can you say that? You know, DJ, this is starting to get on my nerves. I'm, I'm very to get serious. Out hey, come nerves. on, you two. Don't fight. You're such a sweet couple. God! Stone, bring those rented teeth over here. Listen, I never want to hear the expression sweet couple again. Now, the idea of this game is to embarrass people, get them to butt heads. <laughs> Let's get back to DJ and Steve, who were about to rip each other's heads off. <laughs> Let's just get back to the game. <laughs> Steve, we asked DJ what fish you think she kisses like. Uh, fish? I don't know what, flounder? Flounder? Ouch, that is one big ugly bottom feeder. <laughs> Let's see what DJ said. Well, I hope Steve would say I kissed like an angelfish. Oh, tropical fish are allowed? <laughs> well, then obviously it's angelfish. Come on, you think I wouldn't I say angelfish if I knew tropical? Oh, no, looks like this relationship is floundering. <laughs> All right, so now Joey's going to go over to the married couple, or as he says, okay, let's go back to Mr. Ball and Mrs. Chain. The way he says Jesse and Rebecca, uh, like it's just Rebecca. Come on now. So Joey says, "Well, we asked Rebecca, uh, what would you say is Jesse's obsession?" And Jesse's, well, she's probably gonna say my obsession is by my hair, but I'm gonna throw a little curveball. He says, "I have a brand new obsession. My obsession is proving to her that I'm totally unpredictable." And Joey's like, all right, let's see what Rebecca said. So Becky says, well, he's definitely obsessed with his hair. But lately, he's been trying so hard to be unpredictable. He's now obsessed with that. And hey, they got a match. Good for them. Why is Jesse, he's getting so irritated. D <laughs> Heaven forbid your spouse knows stuff about you. Heaven, I mean, my gosh. Joey's like, okay, let's move on to our engaged couple. And Danny's like, we are not engaged. So Joey's like, Danny, what song did Estelle say you'd most like to hear at your wedding? And Danny's like, well, only Vicky knows our song and it's love will keep us together. And she goes, all right, let's hear what Estelle had to say. You know, I was just thinking about who Estelle reminds me of. Remember the season two finale? Um, gosh, Luck Be a Lady Part 2, or is it one? Where it's after Joey lost $100,000 because DJ and Stephanie, well, DJ, one of them pulled the slot machine and it won 100000 well, when Joey is going through the slot machines again, he meets this lady named Shelly, who she does a row of slot machines and says, well, you're in my row. And <laughs> Joey's like, got one quarter left. And anyway, she's like, well, I waited out five husbands or three husbands or however many. That's who Estelle reminds me of. 
I don't know how many husbands. She, she said, like, her third husband. So, more than likely, maybe she's already on to her fourth. I don't know. I mean, what what is it with people that get married at least four or five? I, I don't know. That's who it still makes me think of that lady named Shelly who was married. Like, I waited out three husbands and I can wait out you, honey. <laughs> Oh, honestly, I prefer Shelly over Estelle any day of the week. And Estelle says, his favorite song, my third husband, Bernie, his favorite song was Love Will Keep Us Together. All right, they got a match. And Estelle, oh my gosh, Estelle is like so excited. Estelle, you're an assistant. You know this isn't really airing. You're not really going to win any prizes at the end of the game. You're just, you're not. She actually kisses Danny on the cheek and she's like, don't touch me. Don't put your face on me either. Danny just looks so horrified. Okay, <laughs> let's go back to Mr. Ball and Mrs. Jane, <laughs> Jesse and Rebecca. Okay, Jesse, we asked Rebecca, what would you say is your obsession? Well, she thinks she knows me so well, so she's probably going to say my obsession is my hair. But I'm going to throw a little curveball here, because I have a brand new obsession. My obsession is proving to her that I'm totally unpredictable. Match that. Okay, let's see what Rebecca says. He's definitely preoccupied with his hair. Aha! I knew it. But lately, he's been trying so hard to be unpredictable, he's actually become obsessed with that. Let's move on to our engaged couple. We are not engaged. Danny, what song did Estelle say you'd most like to hear at your wedding? Only Vicky knows our song. And it's, uh, it's, it's Love Will Keep Us Together. Well, let's hear what Estelle had to say. Well, he's kind of high-strung, but sensitive. Like Bernie, my third husband. His favorite song was Love Will Keep Us Together. Ding, 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 shoot me through the heart with a bow and arrow, folks. We have a match. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the Tanner house and this fun uh, twin escapade here. We are in the hallway. This hallway is humongous. It is so huge. We see Stephanie like, Nikki, Alex, when I find you, you're going to be in big trouble. This house oh, is, my God, those kids could be any place. <sighs> see, this is why you and Michelle need to work together. Michelle's like six, seven years old at this point. She can help you out. And she seems to know Nikki and Alex quite a bit better than Stephanie does. But it seems like Michelle's the one that's spending more time with the, the twins than Stephanie is, so. Then again, I don't even think you have to be related to those kids to be able to just see what one would like which pajamas. Simple, simple. This is kind of funny. It's like done with a fast edit because we got Stephanie looking over the banister at the top of the stairs. We got... <laughs> Nikki running from 
DJ's room into the bathroom. And he's running back across the hall into DJ's room. If I were DJ, I'd be irritated because I'm like, I when I'm not here, I don't want someone just coming in my room like they can do it. Like that time that Jesse was playing hide and seek with Nikki and Alex and he was hiding behind the chair in her room. I'd be like, just because I'm not in my room doesn't give you permission to just walk in there. Stephanie goes into Joey's room and here comes... Alex, because he's in red. He's coming out of the bathroom. Ugh. I don't know what he was doing in there. He's running down the hallway. He got Nikki running from DJ's room to Stephanie Michelle's room. Yeah, this is a lot of just back and forth. I mean, eventually, because this goes on for... It's like they're trying to eat up some time with this game show by... Spending five minutes of this shot of the hallway, which no hallway in any shape or form is going to be this long or this large. It's literally the size of two hallways. I love how Michelle like peeks out of the doorway of her bedroom looking back and forth. Hey, you told me you didn't want me to help you, so... <laughs> Like Comet has to go in and take something out of their bedroom and run off with it. So now Stephanie's chasing after Comet. We got Alex wearing a Santa hat from Joey's room. And then Nikki is wearing a yellow shower cap from the bathroom. Like sound effects in this room are just when the boys are both in the hallway going, you know, jumping up and down and wiggling and dancing. You hear the boing, boing. Boing, 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 son. I'll play it in a minute. And she finally caught them. I love how Michelle's just sitting on the edge of her bed like, well, 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 you finally caught him. <laughs> he brings the kids in there. And Stephanie's like, you're enjoying this, aren't you? And Michelle says, more than the middle of a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, oh, you think you can do better? And I love Michelle's response as she says, get ready to feel stupid. <laughs> she been holding the red pajamas this whole time so she hands them to michelle michelle says alex do you want your red pajamas and alex is like i like red and she hands them to alex and then she takes the blue pajamas and says nikki do you want your blue pajamas and nikki's like i like blue and then stephanie realizes like oh they freaked out because i gave them the wrong pajamas <sighs> Like I said, any stranger could have gone in there, seen the pajamas, seen what the boys were wearing, and easily figured that out. It's a simple color-coded system. Oh my, I just, oh my god. What is with the colors this episode? Michelle's wearing red, and Stephanie's wearing a blue and white plaid shirt. So blue and red, oh my goodness. The things you pick up on even after you've seen an episode umpteen times. Can't believe Stephanie can't wrap her head around this. She's like, you mean they freaked out just because I gave them the wrong pajamas? Well, they are too. So yeah. They're just looking for an excuse to run through the hallway and the bedrooms. And Stephanie says, why didn't you tell me? And Michelle, I'm like, I'm with Michelle. She's like, because you're in charge and I'm not. At least Stephanie apologizes. She's like, Michelle, I'm sorry. I guess I, I guess you're right. I do need a little help. Yeah. 
So Stephanie's like, all right, well, what do you say, Michelle? You want to give me a hand with these little twin terrors? And Michelle says, well, since you asked so nicely. So Michelle turns into a little mini drill sergeant. She's like, attention! Or no, like, attention! Okay. She tells him, stand up straight, shoulders back, stomach out. Fingers out of your nose. They both have fingers in their nose. Dig them for gold. <laughs> and I'm not going to yell attention because I'm in a hotel room. I'm trying to be as normal voice without whispering as possible. She gets the boys marching out of the bedroom. Caught him. You're enjoying this, aren't you? More than the middle of the Tootsie Pop. You think you could do any better? Get ready to feel stupid. <laughs> Alex, want your red pajamas? I like red. Nikki, you want your blue pajamas? I like blue. <laughs> You mean they freaked out just because I gave them the wrong pajamas? Why didn't you tell me? Because you're in charge and I'm not. <laughs> Michelle, I'm sorry. I guess you're right. I do need a little help. So what do you say? Want to give me a hand with these little twin terrors? Well, since you asked nicely... <laughs> Boys, time for bed. Attention! Stomach's <laughs> in, shoulders back, fingers out of your nose. Forward march! Hop! 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 All right, let's get back to the game show as we hear Estelle say naked on a Stairmaster. And Danny's like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> Joey's like, well, let's see what Danny said. And Danny looks like he is just... I'm in a crowded health club, and I'm naked on a Stairmaster. They got another man. <laughs> Daddy actually asked her, like, what are you, a witch? <laughs> like, are you psychic or something? She's getting all of his answers. That is so, it's like a complete stranger has the same thinking pattern or the same answers. as That is just, that is too weird. It's almost like she phoned Vicky and got the questions ahead of time and asked her to get the answers. I mean, how else, honestly, would you... <laughs> Seriously, how would you know any of... My guess is Danny is very predictable because she's had three husbands. What is with Joey's quips? Uh, when they get a match... Joey's like, oh, ding, ding, ding. Put on some boxer shorts and mow the lawn. What? Thank goodness this isn't being taped in front of an audience. I love Danny's response as he looks at her like, what are you, a witch? He's like, how could you possibly know my nightmare? Oh, apparently it's a recurring nightmare. How could you know my recurring, reoccurring nightmare? And she pats his knee and says, you're not alone, cupcake. Ugh, I don't like this. Oh, she takes his hand in her hands and she's like, don't 
touch me. Here, let's go back over to the old married couple. Joey's like, oh, okay, it's time to wake up our old married couple. So he, Justin, or Joey goes over to Rebecca and asks Rebecca, Rebecca, like, all right, well, we asked Jesse this, or this question. And Becky kind of cuts Joey off and says, I'm sorry, look, I've been having a little fun teasing Jesse about being predictable. So instead of answering this question, I'm just going to pass. And Jesse's like, no, no, don't, don't pass. Just, just say anything. So we go to Jesse's answer and he says, let her match this. I pass. And they get a match. She even says, you know, I see it's really bothering him. So rather than match his answer again, I'm just going to pass. Jesse, of course, when he hears it, he's like, no, 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 just don't, don't, don't pass. Just say, say anything, say something else. Because he knows that she's going to match him. I feel bad for Rebecca. It's like, my gosh, he is really, I mean, yeah, he's, she's kind of teasing him, being predictable, but he is really giving her a hard time for this. It's like, dude. Okay, Jesse is taking this too far. It's just a game show. He's like, this is ridiculous, you know? The magic is gone. You do realize you're talking about your marriage, right? And your wife is sitting right next to you. He's like, there's no mystery. You know me better than I... And Becky finishes the sentence. Then you know yourself. He's like, see? See? And she's, and she's actually apologizing to him. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Don't, Becky, don't apologize for knowing your husband so well. You have nothing to apologize for. Jesse needs to get this butt. Because this is... It doesn't make any sense. I get it. You know, I love Full House. I love the show. But Jesse is acting extremely irrational. Where they, she knows so much about him. And then we go over to Steve and DJ. Where she feels like she doesn't know enough about Steve. But yeah, DJ and Steve are just acting really irrational about this. It's just ridiculous. I mean, honestly, Jesse's acting worse than DJ is, in my opinion. And she even stands up. It's like, what's wrong with that? And he's like, what's wrong with that? How would you like if somebody knew your every thought? Or, you know, your every need, your every desire. You know, when you say it, when you say it like that, it doesn't really sound that bad. Well, it doesn't. And Becky's like, sweetheart, don't you see? The reason I know you so well is because I love you so much. You guys have spent a while, you know, you, you're married. You spent two years dating and then you spent three years married. That's five years. Plus you guys live in an upstairs attic apartment. So you're practically on top of each other all the time as far as that. I mean, come on. There's nothing wrong with knowing your significant other as well as Jesse and Rebecca do. And even Jesse saying the magic is gone, there's no mystery. Well, that's why you gotta get out and do things that you haven't done together and stuff like that. That way you can learn stuff about each other. Maybe you'll learn your significant other has a fear of heights when you wanna there's an indoor skydiving building next to the hotel here and Jeremy's like oh I bet you might want to do that and I'm like no I wouldn't <laughs> I could see Jeremy wanting to do that but I know I'm not gonna do it 
I do have a little issue with, with the heights and stuff like that. Even being on a step ladder makes me a little uncomfortable and dizzy. Even being on a ladder makes me uncomfortable and dizzy. I remember when my dad was cleaning out the chimney on the roof and he practically had to force me onto the roof because I, I was that freaked out. Jesse acknowledges, like, oh, I'm sorry, I have been acting silly. Well, you kind of, I won't use the word silly, you've been acting irrational is what you've been acting. And Jesse, I love how he says this. You know, my whole life, I wanted someone that knew me this well, that knew me this intimately, and I got it. I'm a very lucky guy. It's like, yes, you are, Jesse. You're a very lucky guy. And if you feel, honestly, in your relationship, like, there's no mystery, you feel like the magic is gone, like, maybe you're in a little slump, a little rot, you, you know, invent that, do things together that you wouldn't normally do. Take, you know, chances and just try different things and you will learn. I guarantee you will probably learn something about your significant other that you didn't know. But don't act irrational when you hear information that you're in. Just don't act like Jesse and definitely don't act like DJ. If your spouse tells you something you've never known about them before. Of course, here we got, um, I forgot the guy. The guy's a jerk anyway. I don't really need to know his name anymore. The producer, Buddy, stop, Buddy, stop, Buddy. <laughs> And he's going like this, you know, bumping his fist together to, you know, he's getting Joey's attention like, they're supposed to be button heads, what you doing here? And Joey's like, oh, Rebecca, you're going to let him talk to you that way? And of course, Becky's like, butt out, Stone. And Jesse's like, yeah, Stone. And he pulls, Je uh, Jesse pulls Becky in for a kiss. Woo, that kiss is hot. <laughs> and he looks at Becky and after he breaks away from the kiss and asks, did you know I was going to do that? And she looks at him and she's like, what? <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> so he picks Becky up and walks off the set with her. And she's like, sweetheart, where are we going? And he's like, oh, like, you don't know. <laughs> and Joey's calling after him. You two, where are you going? You can't leave. Oh, I bet they're going to duke it out in the parking lot. Ugh. Naked on a Stairmaster. <laughs> This is insane. Well, let's see what Danny said. I'm in a crowded health club, and uh, I'm naked on a stairmaster. Oh, ding, 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 ding! Put on some boxer shorts and mow the lawn. We have a match. What are you, a witch? <laughs> I you know my recurring nightmare. You're not alone, cupcake. <laughs> Okay, it's time to wake up our old married couple. Rebecca, we asked Jesse. I'm sorry, but I've been having a little fun teasing Jesse about being predictable, but I see that it's really bothering him, so rather than match his answer again, I'm just gonna pass. No, uh, no, no, don't pass. Just, just, just say anything. Just make something well, up. Let's hear what Jesse said. <laughs> Let her match this. I pass. <laughs> This is ridiculous. You know, the, the magic is gone. There's no mystery. You know me better than you I know. know yourself. See? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but what's wrong with that? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. I mean, I mean, how would you like it if someone knew your every thought? You know, your 
Your every need, your... Your every desire. Actually, it doesn't sound that bad. <coughs> Sweetheart, don't you see? The reason I know you so well is because I love you so much. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I've been acting silly. I... You know, <coughs> my whole life I wanted someone that, that knew me this well, that knew me this intimately, and, and I got it. I'm... I'm a very lucky guy. Uh, Rebecca, are you gonna let him talk to you that way? Butt out, Stone. Yeah, Stone. Did you know I was gonna do that? Huh? Sweetheart, where are we going? Like you don't know. <laughs> you two, where do you think you're going? You can't leave. Come on, hey! Well, I guess they're going to duke it out in the parking lot. So Joey says, all right, let's get back to DJ and Steve. And DJ's like, ugh, let's face it. We're never going to know each other as well as Jesse and Rebecca. Or even Dad and Estelle. And we cut over to Danny and Estelle. And Estelle's like leaning towards Danny in her chair. And Danny is just looking at her wide-eyed and terrified. Like, don't get any closer to me, please. And I love Steve's response here as he says, You know, the way I look at it, everything new I learn about you is like another surprise. You know, it's like unwrapping a new present. And that is really sweet. I like how he words that. It just, it sounds so perfect. Like, it gives you something to look forward to, you know, learning about the person you're in a relationship with. You know, Jeremy still surprises me with things I don't know about him that I'm, I'm just learning about. And it seems like whenever I have a question about something, whether it's a, a random TV show or actor or... You have a question on game shows from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, so on and so forth. He is the go-to guy. He grew up watching game shows like all the time. Even just some random question I have about something he has an answer to. Granted, I mean, he's been on this earth seven years longer than I have. But he is just a plethora of information. I don't think there's ever really been a time, and it's or it's very rare when it happens, that he doesn't have an answer for a question I have. Some random old TV show from like the 70s or something. Oh, when did Good Times start? When did that show start? Or All in the Family. And he would know. He would, like, ugh. It's just so amazing. He says, it makes every day feel like Christmas. Oh, my heart, my heart. I love you, Steve. I love you so much. And how many girls watching this in 1993 or 94 were just gaga over Steve? Now, I did not know that Scott Winger, who plays Steve, was the voice of Aladdin. I, I, I can't even remember when I would have found that out. Maybe once uh, I got on the internet on a regular basis. I mean, I, just, I had no clue. I, mean, I wasn't sitting in the theater in 1992 hearing Aladdin's voice and saying, Wow. That sounds a lot like Steve. Okay, I just looked it up. So, season six, Come Fly With Me. That's Steve's... I'm going to call it his official appearance because, yes, he did come on season five's episode, Sisters in Crime. 
but that was a different version of Steve. The Steve in season six is the Steve we've all come to know and love. So, that episode debuted in September. Aladdin was released the same year, 1992, in November. So, there's like a two-month time period. And yes, I did... Gosh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I saw... I think... I might have seen Aladdin, like, three months later or six. Because my grandma would always take me to movies when they reached the $1.99 theater. And I remember when I saw Aladdin, because my grandma said she'd take me. And I guess she was having um issues with her... I guess her eye was on her. And, put, and I feel bad looking back on this now, because I was ten... And I just, I I wanted to see Aladdin. It's like, you promised you said you'd take me. And I just, I didn't throw a fit, but I definitely laid a guilt trip on her. And I just, I feel bad now that I did that. Just very little things that I look forward to growing up. Those were my bread and butter, going to see movies and stuff like that. Because what else did I have to look forward to <laughs> growing up? Not a lot. But even then, I wouldn't have placed two and two together. I mean, even after Full House ended in 95, I don't think I still, unless there was a behind-the-scenes Disney Aladdin, you're seeing the voice of Aladdin, I, I just, I honestly, I, I don't remember when I would have figured out. Because, I mean, you listen to the voice, it's like, yes, that does sound like Steve from Full House. And, of course, thanks to Buddy Star, the producer, and Joey's supposed to be, like, the antagonator, and, you know, try to get the couples, like, worked up and irritated and embarrassing each other and yelling at each other. And he's like, oh, well... He's like, well, Steve is laying it on pretty darn thick right now. He's in trouble, folks. And DJ kind of looks at Joey like, what is up with you? Well, it's a game show persona. He's not himself. He's playing a character. But anyway, she looks at Steve and is like, he's, and Joey is like, he's not in trouble. And she looks at Steve and says, that was really beautiful. And they kiss! Oh! Of course, Joey's trying to play through this. Like, oh boy, the fur is really flying. <sighs> okay, maybe this is being taped, but it's not being sh taped in front of a live audience. Thank goodness. A buzzer sounds off, and Joey's like, well, darn, we are out of time. And Joey goes back over to the podium and he's like, well, and I guess that means our perfect couple with a perfect score is Estelle and Danny. Here come all these red and white heart balloons just falling right on Estelle. And D Danny's still sitting down, by the way, but Estelle is just so elated. She's standing up. She's grabbing the balloons. It's like, ah! Joey continues, and your grand prize for you two will be spending a fun-filled romantic weekend in Cabo San Lucas. Danny just seems really beside himself and just, um, ugh. Almost like Vicky missed this whole thing. I had to sit through this whole, ugh. See, that's the thing. I really honestly wish we could have gotten Vicky, but if that happened, we wouldn't have gotten... 
you know, she's not able to make it. There's a reason, and, you know, we're going to find out why she couldn't make it. And Joey kind of signs off saying, well, that's our show, folks. I'm Joe Stone saying, may all your couplings be perfect. Without the subtitles, when he, I always thought he said, may your cufflinks. Because it sounds like he says couplings, you know, thank you, subtitles. But it sounds like cufflinks be perfect. Like, what? Are you, what? So Buddy Star comes over and he's like, not bad, Stone. If you're that vicious with your family, think what you could do with strangers. And Joey, we know Joey. He has a heart of gold, not stone. So he's like, I do think, have thought about it, and I don't feel comfortable doing this to people. Yeah, he says, I am thinking about it, and I can't spend the rest of my life humiliating people. And he says, I'm turning in my teeth, and hands him the false upper teeth. And as Joey walks off, the uh, buddy's like, hey, the hair stays too, pal. And Joey just throws the toupee at the guy. <laughs> I guess they're going to duke it out in the parking lot. <laughs> okay, let's get back to DJ and Steve. Let's face it. We're never going to know each other as well as Jesse and Rebecca. Or even Dad and Estelle. The way I look at it, uh, everything new I learn about you is like another surprise. You know, it's like unwrapping a new present. You know, it makes every day feel like Christmas. Well, Steve is laying it on pretty darn thick right now. He's in trouble, folks. He's not in trouble. That was really beautiful. Boy, the fur is really flying. Well, darn, we are out of time, and I guess that means our perfect couple with the perfect score is Estelle and Danny. You two will be spending a fun-filled romantic weekend in Cabo San Lucas! Well, folks, that's our show. I'm Joe Stone saying, may all your couplings be perfect. Good show, everybody. You're not bad, Stone. If you're that vicious with your family, think what you could do with strangers. Well, I am thinking about it, and I can't spend the rest of my life humiliating people. I'm turning in my teeth. Good for you, Joey. Hey, pal, the hair stays, too. So while Joey is talking to Buddy Stone, saying I'm not going to, I don't want to be a host of the show, I don't want to humiliate people, DJ and Steve kind of file through the exit, and then also after Joey tosses his toupee at Buddy Stone, he walks through the exit, and we see Estelle and Danny walking across the game show floor towards the exit. And here comes Vicky in a rush. Like, Danny, I know. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she looks around at all the, like, red and white heart balloons. And she's like, what did I miss? And Danny's like, oh, not much. Estelle and I just want a trip to Cabo. And Estelle's like, we'll send you a postcard. And she smacks Danny on the butt as she walks away. And Vicky is just like, what? Just... Okay, Vicky's hair is still, like I said, I don't like the dark brown coloring. 
But at least here, it looks like they've kind of uh, tried to make it as Vicky season six's hair as they possibly can. There is definitely a hair change from the beginning of this episode to this part. And Vicky is a still walks past is like, who is that? And Danny says, one half of the perfect couple. And Danny is, he seems a little irritated. Like, Vicky, where were you? And this is where Vicky launches into her being in a meeting with the head of the network of television news. And she even starts with, you know, I know you're angry, but when you hear where I was, you're going to be happy. She says she was in a meeting with the head of the network and she says, Danny, I'm going to anchor the network news in New York. So they're currently at this moment. She's in Chicago. He's in San Francisco. They're making a long distance. Let's stretch it out all the way to New York. So you're like on one end of the United States and Danny's on the other end of the United States. That is big time for Vicky. Big time. Anchoring the network news in New York. I've never been to New York, but I mean, you go from Chicago all the way to New York. That's, that's big time. And you look at Danny's face. He looks like he is about ready to start sobbing. He is not. This isn't happy. For, yeah, great that she got this, but... You know, good for her for that aspect as far as her career, but their relationship. This isn't going to do them and their relationship any favors. And he's like, New York? Like, he's trying to wrap his head around it. The, the Big Apple New York? The Can't Catch a Cab in the Rain New York? And Vicky's like, yeah, but I mean, I won't have to catch a cab because I get a driver. Oh, th this is big time, folks. This is big time. She gets a driver. I mean, how many New York anglers get a driver? And this is 1994. And he's like, oh, that that's great. And you can... He, he looks miserable. He really looks miserable. And I mean, Vicky comes in. She's on cloud nine. She just got this amazing job offer. And, you know, Danny... I, he can't even put on a brave face right now for her. Because he, realize, he realizes what this means. And when she eventually comes down from cloud nine and kind of thinks about it for a second, but it's almost like, yeah, he, he asks her, like, what's going to happen to us? And she pretty much is going to just say, well, nothing. And you'll all just be based in New York instead of Chicago. Nothing, no mention of the wedding, no mention of the engagement, or any of that. And she says, you know, things will be exactly the same between us. And Danny's like, I I don't want things to be the same between us, you know. I, I wanted to be able to sit down with you and, you know, finally plan our wedding and, you know, our, our start our lives together. You know, and, and he even says, you know, I want things to get better and closer, not, not farther and worser. And it's almost like Vicky is looking at Danny, almost like pleading with her eyes to get him to understand how important this opportunity is to her. Yeah, he's like, I, I wanted to sit down with you this weekend and, and finally set our wedding date. And he, he looks at her almost like this has completely slipped her mind that she's engaged to Danny. 
and he asks her i mean his heart is literally breaking because this realization like more than likely this isn't gonna happen for him he asks when are we gonna start our life together and Vicky is just like, well, she t lets go of Danny's hand. She turns away from him. She's like, well, this does complicate things. You guys have been dating for a while and you've been engaged for, let's say they've been engaged for like, what, six months. Let's just say that, okay? The way she says, well, this does complicate things. Almost like this engagement is an inconvenience to her. And nothing against Vicky, I, I, I like her and everything like that, but it's just, it's almost like Danny bringing this up is like reminding her like, oh yeah, that's right, we did get engaged. And she turns back to him and says, you know, I, I guess we'll just have to wait a little longer. She just wants to stretch out the engagement. And I'm like, Vicky, if I were Danny, I'm like, Vicky, how long do you want to stretch out this engagement? Seriously. Because what, what, what are we talking about? When you eventually retire from anchoring the news? You, you want me to wait until my girls are all grown up and moved out of the house? Because, yeah. But when she says, you know, we'll just have to, you know, stretch it out a little longer. And Danny, I mean, that music cues up and it's like, I remember watching this episode. And just, I was already crying at this point. And you just, you see it on Danny's face. He just, his heart is breaking right now. This is the woman that, you know, he's been seriously dating. He even said when they told each other they loved each other, he hasn't felt this way since Pam got, guys, this is a big deal. And it's not like Danny says, I love you to, we don't know if he ever said it to Cindy, who was the second, you know, Vicky is Danny's second longest running relationship. The first one before, after Pam and before Vicky would have been Cindy for a few episodes. And when she brings up the fact about, you know, extending, you know, stretching out the, you know, a little long, just wait a little while. And he looks like, I, I can't do that. And he looks at her and he literally, there are tears in his eyes. He looks at her and says... It hurts too much being apart all the time. And it, Danny is finally realizing, like, no, this isn't going to work for him anymore. Even in the beginning of the episode where he's telling Joey, he's like, I can't keep going, you know, only a couple, seeing her only a couple times a month. Like, that's not enough for me. And this, it, does, it irritates me a little bit where Vicky's like, I know. It hurts me too. It's almost like, God, she, it makes me think that this is an inconvenience for her. It's like, sweetie, we got in season five, how important your career was. She even won like an Emmy and stuff like that for her investigative reporting. We knew that her job, her, her career was important to her. But then again, so was, you know, it's not like... Becky was, Becky didn't have to drop wake up San Francisco just because she married Jet. But this is just, this is who Vicky is. She was very career oriented. And I, I mean, and I get, I love the proposal. 
But the writers most likely figured we can't, if we have Danny and Vicky married, then that kind of breaks up the whole, you know, three guys living in a house raising three girls. I mean, it's one thing for Jesse to get married and everything, they live above the attic, but... I, I don't understand. It's like you accept someone's rep- proposal. She's already their long distance. She's in Chicago. He's in San Francisco. When exactly did she think she was going to break away from this and just move to San Francisco and take a job somewhere anchoring the new, what, what, whatever. It's just, it makes me feel like sad for him. I get that some proposals, some engagements, they don't work out. They don't, couples sometimes just don't, they don't make it to the altar. And that's, you know, but we watched Danny fall in love again with this woman. And just how happy he is. And I mean, yes, it is struggling long distance. But to have her, she's basically shutting the door at this point in the show and saying, I'm choosing my career over love and and you know being with you and wanting to be married and all of that let's just say okay let's say that she <clears throat> let me get some water my throat's getting dry okay let's say this because i know i'm just gonna start breaking out again <sighs> let's say she did not get the offer well if she didn't get the offer in new york then she probably would have been there would she eventually have said, yes, Danny, let's sit down. Let's pick a date to get married. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know. The way that she just said, oh, yeah, it, it hurts me too. It just, <sighs> she doesn't really ramp up the emotion until like the very end. And, and in my mind, I just feel, she feels like this engagement was an inconvenience. Because she's, you know, you're not just long distance, a long distance couple. You're now an engaged couple that eventually would lead to the altar. But I get why the show, and I'm just thinking about this guy. Season seven, you had two major breakups of two long-time relationships on the show. Vicky and Danny started in season five. DJ and Steve started in season six. I know in some ways it, but think about it in TV time. Each season is almost a year, right? You get a new season each year. And we've been with these couples. We've, we've fallen in love with them as, as couples and everything like that. And just, that was, I just, but then again, I'll get to that when I cover um, Love on the Rocks. The reason that Steve and DJ break up is because the actor did want to go to college, which is understandable. I don't know. I really would like to know why did they with Vicky. <clears throat> That's a double whammy. Two major breakups of two major couples on the show and one's like within a month and a half of each other. And Vicky's like, well, I just don't see any other way for us. I mean, unless you move to New York. And Danny looks at her like, you know what? I can't do that. I mean, if it were just me, I'd be there in a second. 
basically just by saying that alone, it's like she's pretty much saying, I'm not giving up this opportunity and just, you know, coming to San Francisco and we're going to get, she, she's not, she's not. This is an amazing opportunity. And just the idea that he, she thinks he would want her to give that up to marry him. Just, yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, I can't do that. I mean, I can't uproot my family. I mean, if it were me, I'd be there in a second. And he tells her, you know, everything that's important to me is right here in San Francisco. And she looks at him. Almost, I, I'm going to say the way that she looks at him is almost like, because he says, everything that's important to me is here in San Francisco. And she looks at him kind of surprised. And then he adds, except you. And Vicky looks at Danny and she's like, oh, Danny, you're very important to me too. And Vicky starts walking away from him. And just like, she says, but I, I can't turn down this job. I've always wanted to be a network anchor. She says, well, you know, when I was a little girl, I played with a Barbara Walters doll. Oh, okay. Insight into Vicky's childhood. So yeah, she has been career oriented since she was a child. This has been her dream. It's finally coming true. I get that they're, you know, trying to play up laughs here and there. Because, you know, this is a sad moment. And Danny's like, I know how you feel. I had a Hugh Downs lunchbox. Who is Hugh Downs? I never even... Let's see here. Hugh Downs. <clears throat> Let me see. For heaven's sake. Sorry, guys. Hugh Downs. Hugh Malcolm Downs was an American radio and television broadcaster, announcer and programmer, television host, news anchor, game show host. Whoa, this guy, he was an, also an author, TV producer, music composer, regular television presence from the mid-1940s until the, until the late 1990s. Successful roles on morning, primetime, and late-night television. For several years, he held a certified Guinness world record for the most hours on commercial network television okay before being surpassed by Regis Philman okay well you know what the more you know right apparently this guy had a lunchbox too good for him this breaks my heart as Danny says well I can't ask you to give up your dream so I guess I'm going to have to give up mine. And Vicky asks, like, are you saying that it's over? And Danny says, yeah, I, I guess I am. And she says, I do love you. <laughs> he says, I love you too. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is breaking my heart. And he says, I guess that's not enough, is it? And Vicky says, I guess not. And Vicky goes over and they hold each other and they're crying. I just, gosh, I'm just trying to think which one hurt more, Vicky and Danny breaking up or DJ and Steve. I mean, they're both equally said, hey, Quinny, how you doing, babe? <laughs> they're both equally sad. And I think 
because Danny, you know, and Vicky are, are adults. I, and where, um, I mean, they both equally hurt. I'm not, I honestly, I don't want to choose one over the other. You hear Vicky cry. Oh my goodness. And even when she's asked, like, are you saying that it's over? And it's just, you think about all, you know, the times that they, when they first met on Wake Up San Francisco, Bachelor of the Month episode where they shared their first kiss and then they're trying to define their relationship and then they're long distance and then he proposes. All those big moments and stuff like that. <sighs> Danny, I know I'm late. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did I miss? Oh, not much. Estelle and I just want a trip to Cabo. We'll send you a postcard. <laughs> Who is that? One half of the perfect couple. Vicky, where were you? I know you're angry, but when you hear where I was, you're going to be happy. I was in a meeting with the head of the network. Danny, I'm going to anchor the network news in New York. New York? <laughs> the Big Apple, New York? You can't catch a cab in the rain, New York? Yes, yes, and I don't need a cab because I get a driver. It's <laughs> great. What's going to happen to us? Well, nothing, nothing. I'll just be based in New York instead of Chicago. I mean, things will be exactly the same between us. I, I don't want things to be exactly the same between us. I, I want things to get, get better and, and closer, not farther and worser. <laughs> Vicki, I, I wanted to sit down with you this weekend and finally set our wedding date. When are we going to start our life together? Well, this does complicate things. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait a little longer. I, uh, I can't do that. It hurts too much being apart all the time. I know it hurts me too. I just don't see any other way for us. I mean, unless you move to New York. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I mean, I can't. I can't uproot my family. If it was just me, I'd be there in a second. But everything in the world that's important to me is right here in San Francisco. Except you. Oh, Danny, you're very important to me, too. I, I, I can't turn down this job. I mean, I've always wanted to be a network anchor. I mean, when I was a little girl, I played with a Barbara Walters doll. I had a Hugh Downs lunchbox. <laughs> well, I can't ask you to give up your dream. So I guess I'm going to have to give up mine. Are you saying that it's over? Yeah, I guess I am. I do love you. That's not enough, is it? I guess not. <laughs> All right, so it's gosh, is it later that night? Or mm, I don't know. Danny's sitting on the uh, little 
ottoman in front of the fire. It does have a gate around the fire. Um, there's red bows on the fireplace. <clears throat> Everything's really decked out for Christmas. And Danny is just staring sadly into the fire. And it just, it breaks my heart. You, of course, hear Christmas music in the background. So I get, is this supposed to be kind of a, as close to a Christmas episode as you get without actually being Christmas? So DJ comes in. This has got to be the same night. Because DJ is wearing the same green dress that she wore when she went to... Would you call that a dress? I don't know. Um, that she wore during the Perfect Couple game show. And Michelle and... Yeah, it is the same night. Because even Stephanie and Michelle are wearing the same clothes. You know, Michelle with the red shirt. And Stephanie with the blue and white flannel shirt. With the white t-shirt and the white headband. And... <sighs> what... I, I have never been big on when DJ's hair is like with the ends flipping upward. Even Jeremy couldn't stand that towards the end of season eight. Like, why? Ugh. Just not a good hair choice, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's got a, a tuna melt for Danny. I guess they're trying to cheer up Danny now that he and Vicky aren't together anymore. And she... <laughs> She asks how he's doing. He's like, well, I'd like to tell you that I'm fine, but I'd be lying. I'd also love to tell you that the Giants won the World Series. You've seen our last Rocky movie. So is he referring to the New York Giants and the fact that Rocky is set in New York, right? So basically, is he swearing off anything New York related? No movie set in New York, no sports team set in New York, none of that. Anything about New York, don't even mention the name in the house. And he says, the truth is, girls, I'm miserable. And Michelle, of course, being seven, thinks that the only way to cheer her dad up is with a tuna melt. Like, well, tuna melt make you feel better? And he looks at Michelle, he's like, you know, normally that'd be my idea of a Happy Meal, but I don't have much of an appetite right now. I wouldn't either. You just got out of a, you broke your engagement with in a, in a with a girl a woman you've been in a relationship for a a bit i wouldn't have an appetite i wouldn't even i'd be like i'm going to bed and i'll see you when i see you because i don't want to face anybody right now the fact that he's even sitting by the fire and just you know interacting with his kids and stuff i mean now, food is not going to cheer him up. It's going to take a while. I mean, it's what, season eight by the time he starts going out with Claire, um, Gia's mom. But I think he only goes out with her a couple times. I honestly don't like. It's season seven, we get their breakups, you know, Danny, Vicky, D DJ, and Steve. Then in season eight, here we got... DJ Dayton Nelson, DJ Dayton Viper, we got Danny dating Claire. It's like, you took them out of the dating, you know, out of circulation of these big, long-time relationships. And then you throw them in the ring with people that are just... I nothing against Nelson and Viper, they're okay, but I don't, I mean, they pale in comparison to Steve. And the same thing with Claire's a nice, you know, lady, works at a coffee shop, raising her... Delinquent daughter Gia. It's just like. 
come on. You could have just left them single. That, I mean, and the fact, it irritates me. Okay, DJ breaks up with Steve, right? First episode of season eight, she's dating Nelson. Then she dumps Nelson at the end of the episode. Then she's dating Viper, who's part of Jesse's Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets band. And then she says, I need to be, I'm choosing myself. Which I thought that's what she kind of felt like she was doing when she broke up with Steve. I, I, I get it. Teenagers, you know, sometimes they, they date, you know, more than one person over the course of their teenage years. Just depends on the person, but... In the very last episode of season eight, you know, the series finale, Steve does come back. We even get a hint to that when he takes her to prom. Like, in season... I can't remember of... Yeah, of season one, when he and DJ are going on their little, uh... Their date thing, and he's saying, I should have just asked you to marry me, you know, during your senior prom or something like that. <clears throat> so even that, even though we didn't see them go off to prom, we saw them, you know, leaving. Actually, no, we didn't see them leave the house. Because <clears throat> they were all, you know, talking about Michelle getting her memory back. But even then, even though we didn't see it, we got a follow-up in Fuller House where they say even after that night they went to prom, they still didn't get back together. They still went their separate ways. And I still honestly think that people, if they're meant to be together, even if they separate and come back to each other at one time, if you're meant to be together with somebody, you're meant to be. Your love will find a way one way or another. Like sometimes a relationship doesn't work out for a reason, like maybe it's not the right time. But maybe down the line, the right time will come along. It just it it just depends. It just depends. People are meant to be together, you know, for for a reason. People come along and stuff like that. And st I like Stephanie being supportive as she puts a hand on Danny's shoulder and says, "We understand, Dad. We're gonna miss Vicky too. I mean, she was you know a nice you know motherish substitute when she was there for the girls you know to talk to. I remember." Um, the episode, I can't even remember what episode it was, but I think definitely season seven where DJ's getting ready for a date and she's getting advice from Vicky and Becky about, you know, how to handle guys and reading their cues and why don't guys just say what they mean instead of lying or something like that. I like Stephanie being supportive here. And Danny, you know, was like, yeah, I, I know. I just, I thought I finally found somebody that I could spend the rest of my life with. And it seems like while Stephanie's trying to be positive and be upbeat about the situation, like, yeah, you know, we're going to miss her too. TJ just goes right onto the negative. Like, Dad, what could you do? I mean, you and Vicky just wanted different things. I mean, maybe not. It seems like either negative or just more of a real, like, dad face the facts, face reality type of attitude. And Danny's like, I don't know, I just, I had this fantasy. I was hoping that Vicky and I could settle down and you girls could finally have a mom again. And I don't know how I feel about DJ saying this. She's like, well, if you haven't noticed, I think we're doing pretty great the way we are. It's almost like the writer's saying this between Danny and Vicky, them being married, was never gonna happen.
Like, things are just going to stay the same where Danny's never going to, you know, get, not in Fuller, not in Full House, but it's, it's just weird in Fuller House season one, you find out, like, he has a wife that's, like, 10, 15, 20 years younger than he is. And it's just, it's weird. It's like, when did that happen? And it just, it's, that wedding just seems like it was a, let's go to Vegas and let's, like, get hitched type of. And it's just like, someone who wanted a sugar daddy or something like, I I mean, we didn't even really, we saw Terry Tanner, we saw her for one episode. And that was it. We didn't really learn much about her other than she's into feather dusters. I don't know. (laughs) But it's like, even by DJ saying, well, if you haven't noticed, I think we're doing pretty great the way we are. It's almost like she's shutting the door on, it never, almost like it never would have worked out anyway. We're doing fine. We don't need another person coming in here and taking over things, trying to be our mother one. It it just, it feels almost like that way, like, almost just in those words and how she's saying it. She likes their setup with... You know, Dad and and Joey and Uncle Jesse and Becky and stuff. Like, we don't want to, like, rock the boat by bringing in another... I mean, they like Vicky, but... I don't know. She's not wrong. They are doing pretty great the way they are. And Stephanie's like, you know, yeah, we at least we got each other. And Michelle's like, does that cheer you up? And he leans down and he's like, oh, you better believe it, sweetie. And he gives her a kiss. And of course, here we go, Michelle bringing in the tuna melt. Like, you know, Dad, if you don't want this tuna melt, I mean, I'll have it myself. He said, no, 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 I'll split it with, I'll split it with all of you. And, you know, brings them all in for a hug. You know, Michelle's sitting on his lap and he's hugging Stephanie and DJ. He's like, thank you, girls. This really helps me a lot. Yeah, she was about ready to devour that tuna melt herself. He said, no, no, I'll split it with you. It's not a problem. I'm getting hungry now there's two it's like he's got one sandwich and like cut it down you know the middle so it's like here I'll split this with Michelle and here you and DJ can share the other half stuff won the World Series, and we've seen our last Rocky movie. <laughs> Truth is, girls, I'm miserable. Well, it should not make you feel better. Mm, normally, that's my idea of a happy meal, but uh, I don't have much of an appetite right now. You understand, Dad. We're going to miss Vicky, too. I know. I just thought I finally found somebody that I could spend the rest of my life with. Dad, what could you do? You and Vicky just wanted different things. Yeah. I don't know. I had I had this fantasy. You know, I was I was hoping that, that Vicky and I could settle down and, and you girls could finally have a mom again. Well, if you haven't noticed, I think we're doing pretty great the way we are. <coughs> yeah. At least we got each other. Is that true? <coughs> you better believe it, sweet. Thank you, girls. Dad, if you don't want this to melt... No, I'll split it with you. It's not a problem. I'm getting hungry about a second. 
Alright, well that was the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. So I definitely want to give best outfit. I want to give it to Steve. I really loved his outfit. His white t-shirt with his his nice blue blazer looked really, really good. And also, you know, I think runner-up, I want to give it... I I want to give it to Stephanie with her blue and white flannel shirt with her white shirt underneath and then the white handband. A lot of blue, a lot of blue and white, a lot of blue and white. Um, worst, definitely, I think I want to give it to Becky's dress. What are you doing over? Are you, what are you, are you eating something? What are you, do- Quinn, what are you eating? Quinn? Hey. What are you eating over there? Oh. What? Hold on a second. Yeah, I had to go over there and find out what Quinn was doing. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to pull this blanket off because I don't... She's like, pull the thread out of it. And just hang it. Oh, my gosh. Quinny, if we have to pay for that blanket, I'm going to be so angry with you. And she also has a habit of chewing on cords and stuff, too. Oh, my God. No, stop it, please, Quinn. Stop. I got to take this blanket off. She's going to ruin it. I don't I don't know what's going on with her. I mean, if we were in her apartment, fine. But this is a hotel room, and we really can't afford to have her destroying something. She's not, she's not like this. But I think, I mean, because tomorrow we'll have been here for, like, a week. <laughs> And maybe she's just, I brought her, I brought her tunnel, I brought her cat scratching post with her little hammock in it. (sighs) Just don't know what to do. She's acting kind of wild. She does that. Yeah, she's got the crazies right now. No, she's not, she jumped on the bed. (laughs) Go look out the window, Quinny. This nice big window. Go hang out in the window. Okay, so yeah, definitely worst outfit of the episode is gotta be Becky's dress during the Perfect Couple game show. <laughs> and runner up, I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Vicky's dress at the beginning of the episode. The one that I said that looked like it had the scratchy brown fabric of uh like a Franciscan nun. Yeah, those, uh, those ladies wear. Alright, so Tanner Teachable moment for this episode. (laughs) I, hmm. Yeah, as far as Joey and the game show, it's like, if you know in your heart what you're like, no, this isn't me, I won't want to do it. Like, good for Joey. He's like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life humiliating people. Until, that's that's not me. I'm not about that. So good for Joey. As far as, honestly, I feel that really Vicky should have been honest with Danny. Especially when he proposed. I mean, I know like the moment you, you want to say yes in your heart. You want to say yes and everything. But it's just like... But she was still in Chicago at that point. And how many times did Danny probably bring up, you know, we're engaged, when are we going to set the date? And Vicky probably kept putting it up. It was like, if you, 
as a couple, you have to come to a decision and just say, look, this isn't working out. Are we going to get married or are we not going to get married? It's like, because that was hard on Danny. It's just, it's, I did not see Vicky dropping everything. Definitely not giving up an opportunity like New York, which is a, probably a once in a lifetime thing that she had probably wanted since she was, like she said, she played with a Barbara Walters doll as a child. So, just be straightforward. Don't feel you have to say yes to a proposal just because you're in the moment and you want to make the guy happy. Just you owe it to yourself. You owe it to you know your partner. Just if you're not ready for an engagement because you know the next step is the altar, then you need to say something. Don't just drag it out. Because that's all Vicky was like, well, we'll just keep going the way we're going. It's like, and do what? Be engaged forever? And as far as Stephanie and Michelle, when it comes to babysitting Nikki and Alex, Stephanie, you need to let your sister help. She seems to know the twins a little better than you. And two heads, as they say, are always better than one. All right. So the next episode I'm going to be focusing on is in the breakup I'm going to call this the breakup double feature because there's only two episodes. It's the full house. So season seven, episode 19 entitled love on the rocks, which aired March 1st, 1994. DJ tells Becky that she is worried about her relationship with Steve after Steve goes to a seminar in Los Angeles with his film class. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I will be back in two weeks to do love on the rock so everyone have a great weekend please be safe out there and also if you want to get your voice heard on the podcast you can send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com if you have any comments about any of the episodes i've done or plan to do or if you have top 10 lists, uh, or top 5 lists of your favorite characters, worst characters, maybe even worst guest stars, side characters, best worst storylines, if you want to send them my way, or even on the Full House, Fuller House, All My Lanta, Holy Chalupas podcast page, you can do that too. You can send that there. So, Alright. Bye bye everybody.